Okay, beautiful souls. Um, I have a wonderful guest um, I'm, who I'm honoured to bring to you today. Um, Storm, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Storm. I'm so honoured, so happy um, to have you on the show. Um, you're an amazing young woman and i um, really glad to have been introduced to you and to introduce you to the listening audience. Um, Storm, I have quite a few questions for you, but before we go there, please, can you share a little bit about your background so that people know the person be behind the artist? Yeah, sure. So my name is Storm Cecil. Um, I am 22 years old. I'm a spoken word artist and a singer um, by trade. I'm um, a teacher. I teach English. I also teach, um, well, I teach ESL English and I teach um, GCSE English and soon we'll be teaching the 11 plus and that is pretty much me. I love to travel, I love Jesus and I love to live life really, yeah. Okay, so yeah, that was your brief outline. Um, <laughs> you mentioned there that you love Jesus and obviously you're a spiritual person. So how how long have you been you know how long have you been a Christian how long have you and what is what has your faith done for you That that's a great question for me I was I've been Christian for a while now I'm 22 um and I probably came to the faith around 14 when my uh, brother had a car accident and for me uh, that was pretty much the the breaking point I'd say um the breaking point for me to realize that there's more to life than this and I gave my life to Christ around that time and since then I haven't looked back yeah <laughs> wow you know um just hearing you say that you know something you know uh something happened um something traumatic like you you know your brother yeah. I, I do I, I don't know what what happened um in that situation I hope your brother recovered um and mm -hmm. yeah yeah he did good so but obviously in that moment that was a traumatic experience for you for your brother for your family and yeah. um instead of you sort of um going you know being angry or or or, or allowing it to kind of um, consume you you decided to you know take another another route and um you decided to go for your spiritual growth and um, or it caused a spiritual awakening for you. Yeah, it definitely did cause a... It definitely woke up my spirit because I was definitely against God before that. There was a lot of anger, a lot of frustration and a lot of confusion in regards to who God is, the nature of God and how can I have a relationship with this person? And having something traumatic... Um, happened before your eyes is something that changes you it changes you and it makes you realize that life is very temporary mm -hmm. and i'm very i'm very privileged and um, blessed to even have life in itself so i need to be grateful that for that and i need to really take that seriously and appreciate that and actually even acknowledge the person that has given me life as well wow and, and what a turnaround. And it, and it's quite normal, you know, as you, you were saying, you were angry at first because, you know, when you're grieving, when you're hurting, you are going to go through so many different emotions. But it's so powerful how, you know, your emotions led you to 
as you said, you know, it awakened your your spirit and you mm. started to see things totally different. And I, and I know you do quite a lot. Um, I know you do quite a lot for an organisation, um, a step forward, which we will talk about a bit later. But obviously, as mm. you said there in your um, opening, you said, you know, you are a spoken word artist, straight singer. And so we have got a selection um, of your work which we want to concentrate in this interview um, mm. and um, really exciting. And this is, you know, this is what the person who told me about you, um, you know, was <laughs> so excited, um, your, your friend Kayla and her mother. And, mm. um, you know, they, they said so many wonderful things about you, what you're doing out there in the world. So we just want people to hear, you know, your work from you um, mm. and to be blessed because, you know, you're a young woman and... Um, your, you know, you can speak to young people in a way that, you know, us older people can't always reach. So I want to go straight into your um, your work um, and talk to you about mixed gospel. Can you tell us a little bit about how that came about? And it would be really nice to hear you recite that as well, if you could. Yeah, sure. So this piece uh, covers quite a few areas. Um, one of the areas is uh, race um, and also the differences in church. So the problems surrounding the white church, quote unquote, versus the black church, um, different ideologies in regards to the gospel, um, the idea of a white Jesus. Um, there's just so, so many different concepts in it, but it, we tend to often miss the point and forget that actually we all serve the same God and the function of uh, Christianity is to bring people to Christ um, and draw them to the truth rather than to uh, pick sides or um, to have problems even just within the church itself. So this piece just aims to really address those things. Um, I just want to, before you recite um, this beautiful poem for us, I just want to ask you, based on, because it, it would be very hard to talk about race and not talk about the current situation, um, mm. what's your take on what's going on? And it's interesting that even in the church, there seems to be some race issues. Mm. Yeah, a lot of what's going on right now is tragic. It's really sad, especially with the death of George Floyd. I personally couldn't watch the whole of the video. Yeah, neither I, could I. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't watch it and I couldn't watch it because it was it, it's happened so many times that I'm struggling to it's almost becoming difficult to, to not get angry, to not get frustrated mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and Christ has not called us to, you know, to act in violence but he does call us to speak out on um, certain issues and I think that people are starting to um, are starting to realize that one thing I would say that what I've identified especially through my prayer is the Lord wants to um, wants to make covenant um, with his people but there's we have to be careful to um, ensure that we're not bringing our own agendas into the mix yes um, a lot of people um at times i've noticed have um tried to use this time to gain followers to gain <laughs> to gain attention um which is you know obviously that all comes hand in hand if you give a good message or whatever the case Absolutely. may be but 
the focus is um, as black people we need to build um, but but I'm always going to come from a Christian perspective and that and that perspective is Christ first what does Christ say about these things he doesn't say we should be silent we should speak on things like this um, and we should ensure that anyone we should um, ensure that these things do not happen again in the future, whether that be through um, changes in law, changes in policy, but most of all, circumcision of the heart and um, changes in perspectives is what's going to bring ultimate and um, long-term change. So Storm, do you feel, because a lot of people are saying, you know what, this is different. People are talking about it. Black and white people are talking about it differently than they have in the past. Do you feel that this is it? Do you think that we have got a big change that is going to um, reflect throughout society or even globally as well? Or do you think there's so much more work to be done? Hmm. There is a lot of work to be done. Um, I would say we've come a long way. Um, for, but for me personally, I wouldn't be optimistic in the sense that... Um, there is so so much change has happened mm -hmm. um i think we need to be sober-minded in our approach um just but of course it's great that um there's been i guess some justice in regards to the pretty much the murderers of uh, george floyd uh but i wouldn't be so quick to celebrate <laughs> simply because we have so much um more work to do um it's one thing to receive justice for one, but it's another for the mm. system to actually be, um, to, to have justice in it. Like it's, it's another thing for the system to, to um, uphold justice. Um, and so I, I wouldn't be so excited to say, yeah, we've received justice. Yeah, we've received justice in reference to George Floyd's case. Um, but what, what I really would like to see is, is long-term change. And that's definitely not going to happen overnight. We need to uh, be patient with that process. The same way the Israelites went into the wilderness and they wanted to go back to their slave master because it was easier back there. It's the same way we have to keep pushing forward and making sure that um, as black people, we are essentially building and um making impact in in certain institutions um in the best way that we can and that is through awareness that is through calling companies out um but also demonstrating love even in these times as well wow yeah that's beautiful i concur with that um you know i, I definitely feel that yeah justice is one thing for one person but we have to look at the long term you know what's gonna you know how is this gonna translate long term for everybody yeah so I, I i agree with that so with that mm. said would you like to please recite this wonderful spoken word um piece that you've put together we'll yeah sure so it's called mixed gospel white church shuts doors on a black gospel black church shuts doors on a white jesus White folk don't shout on hallelujahs. Black man's worship suffers in pride. White woman prays in her privilege. Elders bench warm their tradition. Wives speak in gossip. Judas collects tithes in the spirit of hypocrisy. Yet we say we serve the same God. We serve culture, built our foundations on race and not grace, on self-righteousness and not resurrection. And we wonder why no one walks in. It's warmer outside. Homelessness is comfortable when the housemat welcomes you with judgment and clothes you in tradition. 
Fellowship isn't a jumble for the woodpecker, it's a dinner for the hungry, but soon the veil will tear and we will soon realize we are like math. We are fractions hoping our denominations will build church numbers. We will ha we haven't realized that Sundays don't save Jesus will silence doesn't say truth will when will we speak to culture swine and cast out the pigs when will we address the plank of wood in our own misfits but that's the problem. It's in the church too too. And we can't change nothing if nothing is what we do do different. So that was that. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. That um, yeah, definitely um, a lot there to 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 kind of think about, and um, how you know as much as you have a relationship with God with Jesus, you can still see that there's work to be done even in the church. Hundred mm. percent, I agree. We're responsible. We're all part of this, um, and we're part of it because we're representatives in god's kingdom wow yeah um and that's that's you know that's a powerful angle to come from not many people um will look at the church and see the division and and talk about it so that's quite powerful and quite a brave move i think as well what would you say yeah i definitely <laughs> agree I, I mean i'm hoping that um as a church and I, and I don't mean a, as a building I mean mm. Christians people, uh, yeah. will come together yeah Christians will come together and um, and and first of all pray um, pray seek God's face for um, revelation in this area and I, I've definitely been doing that um, I've been doing that a lot over the past couple of days because I've been burdened wanting to see some sort of change for the longevity or for the long term mm. Yeah, and um, I think your your message is definitely loud and clear, and I definitely feel people will, you know, they will look, they will be talking about it and looking into it, and, and that's where things start, doesn't it? Somebody has the, the the guts to speak out and say something, and people have conversations, and then actions are born out of those conversations. A hundred percent, I definitely agree. Okay, we are going to also. Now look at 64 Lines. Tell us about 64 Lines. What inspired you to write this poem? Yeah, so I wrote this poem at a time where I remember there were quite a lot of deaths in this year. I can't exactly remember the, the sole reason why I wrote it, but I just remember overall, I believe it was 2015 or 2016. It was a very tough year. Um, there was a lot of deaths. Um, I thought I was finding it quite difficult in terms of my mental health. I feel like it wasn't at its best. Um, it wasn't at its worst, but it wasn't in a great place. And I just remember saying this poem to God. Like this was literally my my, my cry to God. I was mm -hmm. like, "What is going on? I don't understand." And so I just told God how I felt, and it just ended up being. A reference to so many different Bible characters and just empathizing with how they felt at the time and being able to relate it to how I feel or how I felt at the time. So that, that that's basically what the poem is about, um, going through a hard time or a hard year and actually realizing that God has a plan regardless. God has a uh, a way out, a way of escape, and he is the strong tower that I can run into whenever I'm afraid or whenever I'm finding things difficult. Oh, 
So, without any further ado, please recite 64 lines. Thank you. I've played squash with Judas's, cast lots with some devils, been thrown in oceans like Jonah's, chucked across rivers like pebbles. I've been Job without the faith. I've been salty without Sodom. I've been not with only a little. I've been patient despite the problems. I've been tired. I've been weak. I've been Joseph who just flees. I've been Esau who felt betrayed. I've been to Psalms to find his name. I've moved from Eden to fallen Jerusalem, Mount Sinai to the pits. This year, I was the biggest betrayer when I said, God, this is it. I've cried, rivers, battled soldiers, conquered giants, ran them over, stopped temptation, fought Delilah, turned to God when I hear silence. I've been torn and I've been stretched and several times, oh Jesus, wept. We've been beaten, battered, bruised, but have you not heard the good news? Yeah, I am grateful that despite all this, it will pass away. And that the tears I've cried this year will pass away in Jesus' name. I'm grateful for presence and his presence, for family and friends, for beginnings and new years and also smashing ends. I'm grateful for moments and minutes and hours and days for the time this year that I've been on my knees to pray. So despite Trump and Brexit and all of these world attacks, I am confident that I know that my God has a plan. And as for your personal struggles, this year you have seen God wants you to know that this year you'll be free. So keep praying and waiting and fasting and staying. Keep singing and humming and patiently waiting. This year may be tough, but no pain, no expansion. Look to the book of Nehemiah, for he was a man of action. So you may have been Job or Ruth or Esther or Seth. But despite all of your struggles, you haven't seen the best. So keep looking to God, for narrow is the gate. This year may be hard, but look forward for change. Thank um. you. Wow. Yeah, that's someone really searching and um, looking for answers. And um, I just love, you know, the way you um, spoke it there, you know, could really feel. And um, it, it, it almost like you've made it into a visual, you know, I could, I could see what you would, what, you know, what the poem was trying to say. And I could feel it and felt, you know, it makes you feel as though you were, you're actually there in that moment, you can relate to relate it based on something you know that maybe that person has gone through um but yeah that was very powerful the way you read it as well could feel you know that it was coming straight from the heart thank you so we got a next title which when i first heard it i was like mm -hmm. <laughs> and i was like oh where's she gonna go with this but, oh, yeah. so i'm not gonna say anything i'm just gonna say the title and you're gonna tell us all about it men are trash yeah so i think first of all people are triggered when they hear this poem well or when they hear this line but actually this poem is in defense of men and the reason i wrote this poem was because i can't remember what year it was i believe it was 2016 or 2017 there was a hashtag going around called men are trash and i really didn't like the hashtag the reason i didn't like it was because I agree. Um, there's definitely been some times where men, I've been hurt by men. I'm sure a lot of people have been hurt by men. Um, I've also been hurt by women. Um, that's, not to, that's not to eliminate that men haven't done the most amazing things. Um, but 
I was I was perplexed. I was troubled by the word trash. I just thought, <laughs> wow, what a word to describe something that God creates. And I just wanted to kind of pose another perspective um, with that piece. And um, I wanted to um, I wanted people to, I guess, see it from a different perspective. I wanted people to be encouraged and know that, okay, men men have done hurtful things. Um, but there is something beautiful about God's design and uh, we are all called to live in harmony despite what they may have done or despite the pain that one may have felt because of a man. So that's pretty much the point of the poem. <laughs> yeah, I think that is um, what you say there. I totally agree. And um, I think sometimes as well, you know, when you are going to um, put someone out there like that and say men are trash and if, if you hear someone saying that, um, sometimes it's a case of, say, if it's a woman who's gone through a lot of things with, with, with men, sometimes that woman has to also look at herself. And um, I mm-hmm. think it's really great that you picked it up and turned it into, well, you know, men are not all bad. And how can, how can you just write off a whole, you know, sector of um, society, a whole group of people? And um, sometimes it's about, you know, have, have you done... Have you done enough sort of um, work within yourself? And, you know, are you, is there a message that's coming through while you're mm-hmm. repeating the same thing with either, like you said, it can be friends who are, who are females, that they can hurt you, and men who are friends or men who are partners or men who are even family members. But is, it, is there something else going on? Um, but we can't, you know, we definitely can't write off a whole group of people um, in society. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. I love what you had to say, but yeah. So um, please go ahead and share with people. Thank you. So this is men are trash. Men are the image of their fathers' fathers. Bootleg versions of new and improved versions of trash. A new generational curse that men are, of course, wasted space. Traditional playboys, but men are trash. Playboys without the toys, just a box with no contents, nothing to give, just a gaping hole of wasted space and void. They are trash, a waste of God's breath and dust, stemming from the core of elemental disposition. They are the unfruitful words from a God who baptizes the sun every day in its glory just so it can shine. But men are trash, a waste of coarse speech, a waste of God's day and perceptual time, a waste of molecular compounds and temple of glory and gullible mess. But men are trash, vipers, the death-sucking life that are fashionable brokens. They never tell you that the snake that Lord Eve was a male from the Genesis. He was trash, trash, complete and utter trash. He is trash, temples of a God without parole, a turntable of rubbish, junk in a cell that of course never gets shifted non-renewable goods and it's an extinct species we keep giving life to of course us women don't use trash never mind sleep with it but men are trash the bad side of a perfect god the imperfect and magnificent they are the trash tables jesus overthrew in the temple because they are not worthy of being in glory trash trash complete and utter trash but if men are trash then are our wombs the dumpster trucks God threw them in? Are they a breeding ground for a byproduct of shame? Are our wombs surely poisoned and damaged, polluted? 
an inhabitable earth within the wombs of our waters that birth tragedy and sorrow. A nine-month Armageddon and a lifetime of funeral, I guess then abortion would be our saviour because men are trash. We are the factory that makes playboys, the incubators for heartbreakers and inconsistent heartbeat boxes, complete trash. We are the garden that breeds deceit and evil and cheaters and Eden of rotten fruit and bad apples, dumpster trucks, trash and... If men are trash, then so are the mothers that work so hard to raise them and the nurses and his teachers and his doctors and his preachers. But men are trash because men were always men and boys were, of course, never raised. And I'm not defending. I'm just debating and contemplating all the scenarios that you're saying. So I guess we are all trash and our bodies are the toys we used to satisfy men with. The landfills that take them in and breed these creatures because, of course, God always makes rubbish. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> that was really deep. I, I, start, I made a few notes and I was like, it, I felt sad, you know, when you said waste of God's breath. It's like, wow, that is yeah. so deep, you know, and the molecular mm. compounds, you know, junk in a mm. cell. Oh, my God, you know. And we keep giving mm. life to these um, trash uh, wombs of the dumpster trucks. You know, it was like, my yeah. God, you know, nine yeah. months of Armageddon, damaged, yeah. polluted wombs. Um, and yeah. if we are going to write off men, um, we have to, by definition, write off the wombs of, of women that, you know, they, they, they mm. are born into. So... Wow. So you really, I mean, when I listened to that, as you said there in, inside the, the, the poem itself, you said, I'm not kind of um, saying, you know, this or that, but I'm just putting it out there for us to unpack mm. and really mm. look at, you know, what are we saying? If we are going to say that, you know, what what does that mean about us? And, and what, what was the... Um, what was the what did you get what was the feedback you got back after that poem because that's quite deep i can imagine it was very mixed yeah so so i think starting off with the point of the poem the point of the poem wasn't necessarily to say women are trash the point wasn't to say men are trash Mm -hmm. um the point was to bring forth a conversation that everyone and um everything that god makes is valuable and everything has value and despite um us being human and falling short uh that does not give us the right to call it trash i mean god values people and he i I don't believe that he'd be okay with a, a hashtag that essentially says that what i've created uh is not valuable and obviously i understand the generalization and all that kind of stuff but words are powerful you know we hear in scripture there is life and death in the power of the tongue and so um a lot of people when they heard this poem a lot of people understood it uh, a lot of the men actually clapped when they hear this poem <laughs> i bet they do <laughs> <laughs> a lot of thank the men you clap. <laughs> Yeah, literally, thank you so much. They clap, and um, that's nice. Uh, then you have uh, the women. I haven't really had, heard any bad feedback from men, but a lot of the women are, are mixed about it. Mm. I think the line that usually triggers people if men are trash and our, our wounds, the dumps and trucks go through them. Yes. Um, 
which I can understand, but the point is really and truly to spark a conversation. Um, and the point of it is to kind of highlight that actually in society, men didn't just pop out of nowhere and be men. Actually, we as women, we, we raise our sons um, and, and we do, it takes a village to raise a, a child. Absolutely. Um, in, in no way am I saying that um, in every single case, the parents didn't do what they could to ensure that that child um, didn't turn out right. Um, of course, there are instances when children, no matter what you do, sometimes things just don't go right. And um, and that's just unfortunate. Mm -hmm. um, and also men are not exempt from making mistakes the same way everyone else is. Yeah. Um, so a lot of women, they are, some women like the poem, uh, others, um, you, they like the poem up until that point, point and then they're triggered. Um, which is fine. I'm not too bothered about that. Um, <laughs> they like it to a point, yes, yeah. And then they get. And and I love that you use the word triggered because you know it is it is something within themselves that they have to go away and work on. You know, you it's not it's not you. It's not that it's not what you said triggered something that's already inside them. It, it's it's not that this and that's what's we that's what. That's the making of a good poem or anything that you produce that you're able to trigger people so that they can look within themselves and say, why, why am I feeling this way? Mm, yeah. Yeah. I want people to be able to hear that poem and think, wow. Um, we have so many issues in society. Just if we look at um, the households, um, there are a lot of men that are not involved in their children's lives. And so, okay, that that does definitely says that okay, that man does need to improve, and he and he does need to be involved in his child's life. But um, there potentially is a son involved, a young son that doesn't have a father, and perhaps now he's become something that perhaps he would have never turned out or turned into if you know there wasn't that cycle going on, or if the parents could get along, or um, if they could work out their relationship. And obviously, there are circumstances, there are you know exceptions and things of that nature but we have to it, it's more than just it, it's not a top-down situation in some ways it is but sometimes it's from the bottom up you know sometimes if we if we sort out our family yeah. our family units or if we you know if the educate like the education system or the culture itself there are so many things that play into this hashtag it's it's interesting and so it's more of a caller for people to uh, for us to to work as a society really and, and to raise men um and to raise boys that um respect women uh that respects god and um respects people um and the same for women as well yeah i, I love that and I, I totally agree with you it's it's so the, the whole thing can go so far out like you said you know um traditionally it takes a village to raise a child and now a lot of people are doing it, you know, a mother on her own or, you know, and, and even parents, you know, even just two parents, it can be hard work. Um, but back in the, the old days, um, if you go back to, say, Africa or what have you, it was the whole village that raised all the children together. And obviously each family had their own, you know, their own nuclear family. And um, maybe it is, you know looking at, at that or just looking at where we are now because sometimes we can't go back to some <laughs> old traditions but we can certainly do something about it and certainly not 
<laughs> not use those sort of hashtags hashtags because you know are they really working for people mm, it's true it's definitely true i agree and i don't think um <laughs> i i think we could come up with a better way of of um helping or i guess being more progressive in terms of men i guess being quote unquote less trash i'm not sure if actually calling them trash is necessarily going to help um to be honest i i mean i know that at times i've not been perfect at whatever the case may be and i'm pretty sure that if if i do something and someone says oh you're this oh you're that i don't think that's really gonna make me want to improve i mean if if anyone if anyone's experienced that then please let me know but (laughs) i don't i just don't i just can't see it to be honest um so yeah yeah, name calling never tends to work, and and certainly, as you said earlier on, you know the, the the tongue is a very powerful thing, and you can either use it to heal or use it to harm. And um, you know, if you are gonna, if people if people are gonna use those sort of terms, um, you're more likely, you know, it's coming from a very low vibration, a very low frequency, and you're very likely to bring out. You know, we talk about bringing out the good in someone or bringing out the bad, and if those types of words is immediately going to bring out the worst in the person who's been you know kind of given that that name definitely i definitely agree yeah so with that we also want to look at imitators of christ what does that mean and tell us all about it so one of the things well for me i'm christian if anybody hasn't noticed already (laughs) and um definitely evident in a lot of my pieces but um being an imitator of christ um i think it's beautiful as christians we have the privilege to to represent um heaven's heaven's agenda and and the kingdom um of heaven the kingdom of god and essentially imitates of christ is a poem that is about me stepping out it, it's my revelation of stepping out and making sure that despite what the world is doing or despite what's going on in the world i have a responsibility to reflect god's kingdom to reflect what he's told me to do and to make sure that the message of christ um the uh, great commission is is being completed in my everyday life so that's essentially what the poem is about um reflecting christ and making sure that i live my life in accordance to that yeah, that sounds beautiful. And yeah, please be our guest and um, share that with us. Thank you. My way is different to Yahweh's. But sometimes I get so caught up in my friend's ways or what Simon says, Alexa often tells me I've lost touch. Eyes fixed on Twitter lines whilst our faith flat lines see. We pride ourselves on retweets over God who died because his love stretches out to eternity. When Amazon Prime deliveries, but are you even delivered? As Snickers says, you're not you when you're hungry, but you're busy searching on socials for a saviour as if someone's going to airdrop the last supper. Complaining you can't hear God, but Jeremiah 33 verse 3 is a number. Busy video dialing your friends, but when you face times with end times, will you accept the revelation? That God calls us to be imitators of him, to be trendsetters for the king, so let's just do it. 
tick the box and focus on a god you didn't need nikes to walk on water or evian to live young but died about his father's business no 4k lens to prove his death but the word and a witness so you can stay on trends for likes but have you dm'd your friends the message that christ died for you forget the telegraph the daily mail that's old news you may have read the metro on your daily commute that's a biased point of view christ is the breaking tree and that's worth more than a facebook status thank you oh that's nice yeah i love that and uh, you're really just telling people to not be distracted with things that is going to take them away from their faith is what i'm hearing there and um you know to stay true to what they you know they 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 believe in and and not allow themselves to because it's very easy to get sidetracked isn't it there's always Mm -hmm. opposing views and thoughts and there's always something to take out you know take our time so what i'm hearing is you know use your time wisely and focus on you know your truth Mm. we haven't got long on this earth and uh, one thing i don't want to happen is that i spent so much time following the world that i never got to see who christ was Mm. and i never got to understand the nature of god i want to be able to walk and i want to be able to leave a leg um to walk in god and i want to be able to live um a legacy that um when people come to my funeral they say you know she wasn't perfect because i i I don't ever my goal is not necessarily to be perfect but this is a person that truly loves god and definitely tried her best um with the help of the holy spirit to walk in accordance to um his laws and statutes and that's pretty much that's pretty much my goal that people can see that and and i see it for myself and i know that in my heart yeah that's beautiful you know i love that as a young woman you're already thinking about the end goal um you have that in mind and it is always about having a vision and remembering that vision you know you you want to be remembered in a certain way even though you're you're very young now um but you're living based on where you see yourself and how you want people to to see you and what you you know what you want to know what you want what you're searching for in life is the real authentic truth and as you see it in your faith and um, Mm. I think that's a beautiful thing thank you so much I appreciate that I think that's one of my most um I love that poem with um with music I think it sounds so nice that when I go to minister I I feel like this poem definitely uh touches people and it's it's really inspired a lot of people so yeah I love that piece that's beautiful so obviously we all have one and we all love ours talk to us about mother yeah so um mother is a piece um that's actually about abuse and i wrote this piece um in reference to my friend's mother actually so um i have a friend he's not in the uk now unfortunately but um he told me um a lot about his kind of family life and i wanted to write a piece that reflected that really and um his life really touched me and the story really touched me and i wanted to put it in a piece i like telling narratives i like telling stories so i thought why not tell why not tell this one and try and capture the emotions and everything that was involved oh beautiful yeah so yeah please do that for us thank you 
My mother washed in tears, carried her suitcase on the questions pounded into her spine. Beaten with the words of an abuser named my father, she mothered her tears with her fingers. She rubbed forgetting in the corner of her eyes. She pulled out a packet of dementia from her pocket. She dried the floods from her face as she stands by the door in the hallway of my father's house. My father says goodbye to home. She aborts history with her leaving. She kisses the door with her fingers. She gives birth to a new perspective. He was bruised for our iniquities. He was wounded for our transgressions. As her skin became memory foam and then foam, never forgetting her pain, how she believed her marks were signs of her shortcomings, how her mothering was as good as a spliced womb in the middle of a barren land when love becomes turn the other cheek. What happens when you have no other to give? My mother washed in tears, carried her cross on the silence, pounded into her spine. Beaten with the words of an abuser named my father, she mothered her tears with her fingers. She rubbed, she rubbed forgetting in the corner of her eyes. She pulled out a packet of dementia from her pocket. She dried the blood from her face as she lay in the wake of a dead man, the love of her death. He touches her bruised chest in an attempt to forget how much of a mess he became when loving her in her youth was bliss and not blisters. My mother was carried in a box to her resting place. Taken to a barren womb in the ground, covered in regret. Beaten with the words of an abuser named my father, he rubbed forgetting in the corner of his eyes. He pulled out a packet of dementia from his pocket. He dried his face and left. Thank you. Wow. Very deep, <laughs> very deep, very sad. And, um, you yeah. know, a story that's been heard again and again, you know, the abused situation in a, in a family or in a relationship and um yeah it, it's it's very touching very emotive um mm. and, and i hope your friend you know he's been able to kind of find some sort of um balance you know because it, it it sounds as though you know um it sounds as though there was a, a sadness with the abuser as well as you know the, the the person the mother who was abused yeah so um poetry is creative so so there are aspects of it which are related story mm-hmm. um in this poem uh the person dies because the last part is she carried a box to her resting yeah. place taken to a barren womb in the ground covered in regret in in the real story um there is no death thank god to right. that okay um, <laughs> yes, yeah so there's no need to be sad about that yeah <laughs> to clear that out. but um the story is very much true in regards to the emotions mm-hmm. um and in regards to the perspective um leaving home and all this kind of mm, stuff yeah. um but um the reason i i put it in this way um and the ending was the way it was is because at that time i was very interested in um domestic violence Mm -hmm. um at my university there were so many cases and i was in a uh, in a dorm with surrounded by cases of domestic abuse um there were so many people in my uh, in my in the building that were going through it and I, I almost wondered how did these stories end? Like what happened in, at the end of these stories? What happens when 
you try to leave or you can't leave and something the ending is not good and so I kind of use this poem as an opportunity to to kind of explore that and um, see how that how that kind of looks um, for people involved it's a really serious um, situation this abuse is, is is not a joke it's really serious yeah Oh God, absolutely. I mean, I've I've interviewed um, people who work with abused, you know, women who's been abused, and literally mm-hmm. what they've said is these women, when they ready, when they want to leave, they have to set, you know, that it has to be a, 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 a complete strategy has to be put in place because leaving could be the end of your life. And um, so, yeah, I I've heard and definitely understand that. You know, mm. we need to do more in society, even with the lockdown. You know, um, there's all these hashtags and different things saying, you know, what about the women who's living in an abused um, relationship or, or even men as well? Because we know it works on both sides. Um, but mm. obviously, you know, so um, yes, domestic violence is alive and kicking in the 21st century. And it's quite shocking to hear that you're saying at university people are going through this you know young people this is incredible yeah it's it's really not it's really not a joke um i wrote this piece um my, during my university years as well called he loves me because i remember someone that i knew at university she used to say but he loves me he loves me yeah every day i'm hearing shouting and you know hooliganized noises going running throughout the flat and it's just it's crazy it's it's actually it's it's really really crazy and really sad that you know it kind of gets to that point um but if if that does happen then obviously there are there are things that you can do you obviously there are security on campus that you can call and Mm -hmm. um you can always refer people to well-being and just even being a good friend also and being supportive is definitely a thing that people can do to make sure that people are okay Okay, that's good to know, but it's a, I, I would imagine people, we, we, we're shocked, because you think, you know, people, you know, students have gone to uni to study the, you know, their, their career, of their dream, they're having fun, but to un- feel that, you know, they're there in this, um, you know, this situation um, is shocking, but it's good to hear that there is something, you know, the things put in place to help. Mm, it's definitely true, yeah, there definitely are things we can do. Okay, so Storm, talk to us about Not My Husband, Maybe. So this is an interesting one. Um, I wrote this, I think, when I was maybe 18 or 17. I was in a relationship and Palmy was trying to justify being in it. Um, And so I wrote this poem to kind of justify why I should be in it I don't know why I don't know I don't know what the aim of it was and I'm not sure if it brought necessarily any conclusion at the time I just remember that was the reason I wrote it and um it was just interesting to explore I guess my mindset at the time it's interesting to look at it now and kind of see how far I've grown and developed you know and it's funny and it's interesting to use poetry or how I've used poetry actually to come to conclusions and to um 
to kind of answer the questions that are deep within me or the questions that I, I might be thinking about at a particular time. Hmm. Okay, so talk to us. Let's let's hear this. Let's hear this poem. It, um, it sounds interesting and then we can maybe talk a little bit about it afterwards. <laughs> sure. <clears throat> okay. Everything he was, you wasn't. Everything I wished was not you. How can your idea of everything become nothing you expected and everything you dread? Opposites have a way of connecting and rejecting themselves. Dreams have a way of fooling you and turning your eyes inside out. I'm confused. You are not you, but you're you. Well, you are not the vision I had in mind nor in view. Perfection has an ulterior motive. Who said perfect is without blemish? Perfect has an ideal of its own. It wears a mask to conceal its identity. I cherish everything you're not or could have been. The mind is a powerful thing, a new view to an ideal you. A new version of you comes to mind every now and again. Signals my mind to a new view. I planned the colour of your skin to the shade of your lips. I painted the tone of your voice, removed every shade of darkness from the palette of my mind. But life is not a colouring book. You are not a game. You are the unexpected. I cannot customise your mistakes to hurt me less or etch on your heart to bring me flowers nor pencil in your heart today to remind you that I am the girl you left on red. You are not lucid. You are not a dream. But your heart is close enough to heaven though. I'll open up my eyes and trace them back to a reality that you are nothing I imagined and everything I would avoid. I'm in love with a man that doesn't match my husband or dream or vision or at 12 scene two of Disney princess in a chapel lost her shoe. This is not it. You are everything he isn't and nothing he ever was. I have waited my whole life to find him on horse and valour and armour of God and you do not fit his prescription. How do you decide when God's best and your wants are conflicted? You are nothing I ever thought of. But you're everything I ever loved. So the man in my mind has to go. This person with ebony skin and autumn dew eyes does not exist. The man with perfect words and chiseled chest has not been uttered nor carved for me. He is not my fairy tale ending. He is not my wishbone or prayer nor my happily ever after. You are the smile lines I forgot were there. Unconventionally perfect and I love it. You are not without your surprise or your flaws and everything he is not. You're not my husband, maybe, but definitely, maybe. Thank you. <laughs> Oh wow! Yeah, um, <laughs> I jot down a, a bit there where you said um, left unread. Almost, I I don't know. I, I kind of got the feeling that you were saying there's so much that wasn't explored because of the mm. you know the, the the thing that was kind of not there that that part you know what you what you see as the the the, the ideal. So it's a, about being in love with somebody. Who does not match the ideal that you sh you know you should be? Is that is that kind of what you're saying? That you kind of knew that even though you had these strong feelings for this individual, there was something you could still feel that there wasn't the fulfilment that you deserve. Well, I, there's so many. I guess there's so many aspects of the poem. If I'm being honest, 
like uh, I wrote this poem so long ago it's hard to yeah, remember it's difficult to remember where you were yeah yeah but I mean I guess at the time um there was there's a lot of factors I think first of all I think I emotionally at the time I wasn't mature enough to understand what I needed and what I wanted at the time it was difficult to um, navigate through those feelings especially as a young person and so I'm thankful now that I'm able to to do things like that. I'm able to navigate through my emotions a lot better. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm able to know what I want and also what I need um, in a relationship, in life, in education, in whatever areas. And whatever area I'm able to kind of distinguish what I want. Because this poem is just a whole lot of confusion. I'm clearly <laughs> confused, you know. Um, <laughs> I'm really confused as to what exactly... Because, I mean, from the time you started off with everything he was, he wasn't, everything I wished was not mm. you. There's this there's this idea of, as much as I care about you and as much as I appreciate you, there's something that's not working here. And there's something that's not um, exactly matching up. And because it's not matching up, I've gone through this whole process of writing a poem that tries to justify why my brain is like so conflicted um and obviously there were several reasons for that um some of some of some on his side and some on my side but i think ultimately when you have those i guess those inklings or you have that intuition then you should kind of know that okay cool this is probably not your husband maybe 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 not do you know what i mean Yeah. yeah so and being okay with that decision as well because sometimes we feel like a lot of the time we spend so much time um creating or building relationships or friendships or projects or whatever the case yes. may be and they don't uh, come out the way that we want them to or they don't have the outcome that we intend and we blame ourselves and we just get very worked up on the fact that it's not worked but the reality of the matter is it's okay if it didn't work it's it's a part of life and just accept it and move forward so yeah just be able to address um just just be able to address it so yeah that's that's basically that really yeah um, i think that's powerful because um i think like you say at the end of anything whether it's a project or a, a relationship or you know something that you've poured a lot of yourself into it isn't about, you know, do not, you know, once you realise, okay, the time when you say that, it's about what did I learn as opposed to, you know, kind of fretting and staying in that past. And I loved what you said earlier on where you said, you know, you were able to kind of manage your emotions and, and realise, you know, now, you know, you're, you know exactly what's right for you. What So you don't end up spending a lot of time wasted in certain things, whether it's a project or what have you. And I think that that's the big you know, message from the poem. You know, as soon as you see something is not working, you know, whatever it is, um, you know, to pick up the learning and move forward. Yeah, but I think also then the other question is when have you given up too soon? Which I think then falls into a whole... That's another... (laughs) Which is a whole... Which is why you've got the maybe, yes. (laughs) But then the maybe just kind of leaves it in a bit of limbo. And I think, well, the point of the poem was kind of just to navigate through I guess some emotions or a mindset that um 
that perhaps that needs to be addressed really uh so yeah i'm 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 happy with the poem i'm and i think that it and when I've, I've done that poem a lot of people tend to say that it's relatable in the sense yes. that, that they felt like that as well yes um so as long as as long as that's been done i'm i'm definitely okay with sharing my experiences and I, and I think you shared it really well and and like you remind us you you know this is when you were you know you are young now but you were even younger so it was very explorative and um um, you know, I think it, it sort of tells a story and I think a lot of people, um, young and older even, can relate to it. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so we are going to talk, we, we want you to talk to us about Mother Nature. Yeah, so this piece essentially is about Mother Nature. It's from the perspective of <laughs> Mother Nature and it really is to highlight the battles that she has. I've written it from the perspective that she is, she she actually has children and the earth is her child. And I think that's very important. I love narrative pieces and I think that they're important in order to bring messages across. So I'm hoping that this piece does the same. Yeah, please go ahead. Thank you. It's me, Mother Nature, your sick mother. From since your conception, all you've been doing is abusing me. My womb has been wounded from you aborting my children, Mother Earth has been grieving. Trees have been silently protesting whilst I've been in labour resting, but you break their freedom. You kill them for speaking. They have become fallen martyrs and now most of them have stopped breathing. Ice caps now identify as water once solid in who they are now. And sure, because the ozone layer is too warm and now I question when I want to find them, who should I call? I'm seeing all your waste and all the mess that you make. If you keep on taking my land, my waters will break and enrage. I have plates, I call you home to eat natural products, but you manufacture all your intake. I have none of my children at my table and you expect no earthquakes. I'm amazed at my patience. How can you be surprised when the forest falls and your firemen don't survive or it lasts for days? And yes, I wait for your change, but you still prodigal son all your ways I've seen. My birds tweak me and turn to dust because you kill off where they stay. And yes, they turn the other cheek, but on the other, they just weep and wait for the day for him to wipe away every tear and say it's okay. For him to bring through peace, they just wait for relief. They hurt and every pain, they hope their last breath is not in vain. So when the trumpet rings again, I hope that I can rest my head so your mother can lay down deep upon the riverbed. But there is plastic and it's choking the creatures I'm forming. My rest is just warning. The wind has been ringing me, there is asthma in her breath. I can't hear the breaths of the children that she's kept. The air isn't breathing, her soul is surely leaving. But as her condensation was falling, she told me reformation is calling. And I'm hoping that you can be the change. So change. Very beautiful and, and very poignant, um, you know, the way we treat our mother nature. Um, and I, I love the descriptive 
um, words you use. And certainly I was closing my eyes and just seeing the imagery of everything you were saying and, mm. you know, how we, you know, because that, that's kind of um, man on, on earth is, is really the, the, the real predator and all the animals know what they're meant to do. But it's like we are kind of, you know, just really just destroying our own home, our own mother, you know, nature. Yeah. And it's the, you know, we need to look at our own nature. You know, what nature are we exhibiting when we do what we do? So, yeah, beautiful poem. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hold On is a new song that I brought out recently and it is about suicide and it's a very powerful piece it's a piece that I wrote a couple years ago and felt led to release it now and I just hope that it, if it can take one person off a ledge or encourage someone to not jump off a bridge or to not cut themselves or to not even feel to even just be okay or comfortable within themselves as long as it does that I'm happy and um, I just hope that it really inspires and touches people Okay, and we're going to play Hold On for you now. that he's here for you and 
in every rainy cloud there's a breakthrough in the devil's lies God speaks truth he loves you see suicide morphs itself to look like rest as if your breath isn't valuable every tears worth every check every test every mess see suicide wants you so bad that she'll just take you dead but just remember that God loves you and that he always only wants your best Everything that you've um, said, spoken to us to, uh, today, so powerful, so positive, so motivating and inspiring. So I'd ask you, um, who inspires you? Who inspires me to write or? Who inspires you? Yeah, whatever inspires you to write or who inspires you in general? Yeah, so um, my friends inspire me a lot. Um yeah, Kayla inspires me a lot. Kayla inspires me a lot. Um, but in terms of like I guess writers, uh I like C.S. Lewis. I love a lot of his work. Um the thing that I read from books, I'm not really much of a I, I find it difficult to find a specific person that inspires me, but um things that I get from books like Don Miller's Scary Clothes, I think that's a brilliant book and it talks about vulnerability and uh, the truth behind the mask that we all wear. Mm. Um, I love, I love C.S. Lewis. Like I said, I like um, a lot of science books, like The Female Brain. I'm really um, reading this book called George Orwell, and it's got some very creative um, pieces. Uh, well, very creative, I guess, settings in it. Um, the Thought Police and all of these different ideas. Um, it's called 1984. Oh yeah. Um, but poets, yeah, it's a good book. But um, poets I'm inspired by, I like um, anything on P4CM's YouTube channel. I think it's really powerful. I really like, um, I like Ezekiel. Um, I like uh, Chris Webb. I, I really like his creativity in his pieces. And I think that he's so amazing when it comes to the creative, um, uh, the creativeness in his work. And yeah, I, I like Jasmine Sims as well. I think her pieces are very powerful. So yeah, I think those are the main ones. Yeah. Okay, so you know you're you're living your your dream. You're doing the job that makes a difference. You know, changing lives. You're also sharing your thoughts, as we've heard today. Uh, very powerful, mm-hmm. very moving, very life. You know, thought provoking, life changing. Um, what would you say to anybody, young or old, who's 
got a dream or who would like to do something um, to make a difference, but they feel stuck or, you know, they may be suffering from something that holds them back. What would you say to that person to, you know, unpack their dreams and share? Mm. I, well, first of all, congratulations. It means you've got an imagination <laughs> and you've got a purpose. And since you've got a purpose, it means your time's not done yet. So congrats for that. But I would say put a plan in place. I would say get a team around you. And I think the biggest thing I would say is don't be afraid to ask for help. I think that a lot of the time we want to try and make things happen by ourselves. But the reality is we need people around us to to help us. We need people around us to get things done. We need people around us to um, make sure that things are going to run smoothly. And people have skills that are better than ours in some areas. Uh, so, So be okay with someone taking a part of your dream and molding it into something that perhaps you would ne- may have never thought of and be bold be be shameless yeah that's, that would be my advice um that's beautiful and that, that it does make sense you know we are we are all one spiritually so it makes sense that we do need each other you know as well and we should definitely work as a team towards you know our vision uh, any vision that we have you can't no matter what someone has produced or created, there's always been support and from other others. So that mm. makes so much sense. I think sometimes if you're just sitting at home thinking, I've got to do all this and I've got to do it all by myself, that in itself can make people stop. That can actually, you know, demobilise people. So I think that was a really powerful, um, you know, part that you put in there. So, yeah, I, I agree. Um, Storm, how mm-hmm. can people get hold of you? How can people get in touch with you? How can people get to hear more of your work? Because I know you've done quite a few pieces. Yeah, I've, thank, thanks be to God, I've done quite a few cool things. Um, so in in regards to where people can find me, um, on social media, uh, Storm Cecile underscore, Instagram Storm Cecile underscore, Twitter, Stormcito underscore Facebook is the same. I have a YouTube channel, which is Stormcecil. I can also be contacted through my website, which is stormcecil.com. So, yeah, basically any of those places, that is the best place to find me or to find my work or my poems. <laughs> 